you, thank you, thank you. It's Thursday. Oh my goodness, it's Thursday. One more time again. That means, first of all, it means that let's give God some praise for another Thursday. And it's me, it's me, it's your girl, Dr. P on the pod. Dr. P on the pod, yeah. And I'm always, always grateful, thankful, highly favored, mm, truly highly favored. Every opportunity to get on the mic and talk with y'all is a beautiful thing. It's just a beautiful thing. And guess what? It's Mother's Day. This is the greatest holiday of all in my life. Mother's Day is the greatest holiday of them all. Um, of course, I am honoring uh, my mama, Lubella Seal, and my mama, Melly Gelzer, and my grandmama, and my great-grandparents, and my aunts and uncles, and all them, all them who are sitting on the throne and those who are not yet sitting on the throne who have done just a marvelous job, but just a marvelous job uh, raising me, raising me. I give them all the honor and all the praise. And I want to give a big shout out to all of the mothers, uh, mothers who went through all those birthing pains and mothers like me who birthed boys and girls from their heart. I've never been pregnant a day in my life, but good God, I have some children who I have raised ooh, and still raised. And it seems like they never leave. They left, but they ain't never left. Um, but Mother's Day is so special, and I want all of you mothers to just have a beautiful day on Sunday. And brothers, take take a, just take a minute. Just take a minute to honor all the women that come into your life, even if they're just walking by you in the store. Just say something. Just say it. Just send a, a, send a blessing and a smile uh, to, uh, to a sister uh, this weekend. We, we at the Bomb and Gilead, you know, we're excited. We're getting ready to roll out our five-city roadmap. We're coming to a city near you. Our first stop is Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina on June 24th, Saturday, June 24th. And we're going to be at the Sinesta Hotel. So go on the website. Go to the Bomb in Gilead's website, bombingilead.com. Dot org. That's B-A-L-M-I-N-G-I-L-E-A-R-D dot O-R-G. And uh, get all the information and register. Register. You can get a uh, so one-day packed, packed um, uh, conference. And we're really, really focusing on our health ministries. So we want all the folks who are involved with health ministries and those who support health ministries. Maybe you're not in church, but you support the church's mission around health. So we want all of our health leaders uh, to come and be with us on June 24th in Charlotte. Go to the website, register. Uh, there's a $25 fee. Uh, you get continental breakfast and lunch. Our preacher for the day is Bishop Brian Moore, and our gospel artist is Crystal Aiken. 
and we have uh, some of the phenomenal experts, public health experts that will be with us. And we're going to be talking about how to strengthen your health ministry. And if you don't have a health ministry, we're going to be giving you tips and tools on how to create it, because I believe that every church serving Black folks should have, must have, in health ministry. When you look at all the health disparities that we deal with every single day, we want every church to have a health ministry. And we're coming to a church near you, uh, a city near you, to bring our best. And I'm getting excited. I'm excited to uh, fellowship with you. Touch, touch, and uh, agree that God is good. Uh, God is good. So I'm excited about that. We'll be, after we leave Charlotte, we'll be hitting Atlanta and Birmingham, Charleston, South Carolina, and back up to Richmond, Virginia in September. I am excited. And you know, we're going to be talking about the 10th annual Healthy Churches Conference uh, in November along the way. And in the meantime, don't forget Memory Sunday. Memory Sunday is coming up the second Sunday in June, where we focus our attention on Alzheimer's because African-American people and African-American women have the highest rates of Alzheimer's in these United States. So we want all of all of you to join us in educating, talking about it, uh, getting information, uh, and just making sure that your, your congregation, whether you are virtual or in person, uh, have information about cognitive care and caregiving on um, the second Sunday of uh, June. It's all about Alzheimer's and caregiving. Go to the website. We have all this information on the website, bombingilead.org. So we're excited. I am excited about my guest today. <laughs> yes, indeed. Woo mm, 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 mm. It's Thursday. And if it's Thursday, it's Dr. P. And I'm on the pod. So family, my guest today is Miss Sonia Simmons. Yes, yes, yes. I'm I can't wait to talk to Sonia Simmons. She's a mother, a author, a voice actor, and a Reiki master. And I haven't had a Reiki session in a long time. Maybe if I do this right, she'll offer me a Reiki session. Oh, my body would just love that. Miss mm, mm, mm. Sonia Simmons is a divorced mom of two grown sons. She believes that everyone has worth and purpose in this life. Sonia also believes that everyone is deserving of love. I agree. Their two beliefs are the, these. These two beliefs are the foundation of her parenting style. She is the author of A Single Mom's Guide to Raising Black Gentle Men. A Single Mom's Guide to Raising Black Gentle Men. Miss Sonia Simmons, welcome to the pod. 
Thank you, Dr. P. Let me tell you, I love the way you said the title of my book. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> well, you know what? You take that and you tell you take it as a model. And you when you are on the next podcast, next radio, what you, you tell them how to say the title of your book. Okay. Yes, so ma'am. T- say it like Dr. P says it on the pod. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm excited, you know, uh, to talk about your book to talk about all the things you're going to tell us about raising uh, Black gentlemen. Uh, so I'm going to stop. I think I know your book has full of practical tips and real-life examples. I don't know where, even, where to start, so I'm going to be quiet and let you start because I have my, I have my pencil out, having raised four-plus uh, young Black men. I'm, I have my, my paper and pencil right, and I'm going to write down everything you say. I'm so happy to listen to you. Go ahead. You got the mic. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Mother's Day is coming up, right? So that is our day. In this society, though, so many people will, you'll hear um, single moms out there saying, oh, I celebrate Father's Day, too, when Father's Day comes around. And I did that too for a while, but then I realized, you know what? I'm not their dad. I'm their mom and I stay in my lane. You know, they, I, I am a divorced mom of two, like you said. And even though he was not always present the way we needed him to be, I always left the door open for him to be a part of their lives. And You know, you hear people say, a woman can't raise a boy to be a man. And if that were true, Dr. P, then we'd be in trouble. We sure would be in trouble. We sure would be in trouble because so many of us are actually doing it, right? So my book is about hope. It's about, yeah, you don't, it's not the ideal situation maybe, but it can be done. And we do have a role to play, um, I came up with that name because when I was married, we were arguing one day and he said to me, I'm going to make him a man. And I looked at him and I said, that's right. You are going to make him a man, but I'm going to make him a gentle man. Mm -hmm. And so I think that as a woman, we can bring things out that a man can't bring out of a man. You know, we're in this society where um, toxic masculinity is a thing, right? So my goal has always been to raise them to be upstanding men who also are gentle. And what do you mean by gentle? What is a gentle man? A gentle man is not abrasive, or, but he's still confident. Um, he is self-assured. He speaks the truth. He's... I, I, in my book, I talk about Malcolm X as the example of what it means to be a man. And, and I love the way Malcolm always spoke up for what he believed to be right. Okay. And when he found out that maybe he was a little off, then he was willing to say, hey, I was wrong. Let's do it this way. And, you know, he talked about um, how to be a husband, a father, um, and, and, you know, educating himself throughout his life. Um, I don't know. It's just, there's this 
this element of, you you know, when you meet a man and he, he meets you, he looks you in the eye, he shakes your hand confidently, he just has a presence about him, but he's not this um, intimidating, scary black man that sometimes people in our society like to make our men out to be, right? So unfortunately, you know, we have to teach our sons to have that balance so that they are not perceived to be something that they are not, where they're have you know, where they're having to be on the defensive too. All the time. What right. is the biggest challenge you feel that single mothers face when raising their sons? The hardest thing for me was when questions came up around puberty and that kind of thing, and they didn't want to talk to me. And I had to say to them, I'm the one who's here. You're going to have to talk to me about this and to have those conversations. Dealing with the school system was a really big challenge because the school system likes to label our sons as ADHD, behavior disordered, things like that. And they don't give them the benefit of the doubt. And so being an advocate for my children and knowing what their strengths were and their weaknesses were and coaching them through how to work through that and how to have conversations with their teachers and their coaches and, you know, um, how to stand up for themselves when they knew they were right, but also how to say, okay, I probably should have done that better. And this Mm -hmm. is what I'm going to do the next time. Mm -hmm. What are some of those, you know, what is that one or two example that stands out um, in your in your journey on raising your boys to men? Um, give us give us a, a real life example that stands out for you. My oldest son, Tommy, um, is on the autism spectrum, but he wasn't diagnosed until he was about eight or nine. And um we had a situation when he was actually going through being diagnosed. He had um, an education, a, a behavior plan at school at this point. He was also gifted. So in elementary school, um, he had to be bused to a different school one day a week for gifted services, which was not ideal for him, okay, being on the spectrum and, you know, having that transition was always hard for him. Well, one day his gifted teacher just kind of had enough of him. And really the things that he would do would be like tapping his pencil on the desk. That in itself is not a big deal, but teachers escalate things. So his teacher sent him to the principal's office. While he was in there, one of the ways that Tommy self-stimulates is orally. He puts things in his mouth. He used to always put pens, bottle caps, anything in his mouth, okay? So he was sitting in the principal's office, and there was a dish of candy on the student side of the desk. He took a piece of candy, which I know was his way of self-soothing. Well, the principal called the police on him and charged him with stealing. What? Are you serious? He was eight years old. Are you serious? I'm very serious. I was at work. I got a call from the police saying, you have to come get your son because once we're called, either the parent picks him up or we have to take him to juvie. So go ahead. Tell us the story. What happened? I went and got my son. Did you? My eight-year-old was in handcuffs over a piece of candy on the desk. 
let me tell you, I fought with that school system, the principal. I um, wrote letters to the school board and the school board wrote back to me basically excusing what the principal had done. And that's when I knew this is not the place for my child. See, you can you can fight the battles so far, right? But if you know that your child is not in a situation that he is going to be nurtured and, you know, taken care of where people actually care for him and see him as a person, not as a problem, then I decided I had to move. I moved and went to a different school district where he was able to get services. Um, You know, I had three doctors saying that he was, um, he had Asperger's syndrome, which that term is not used anymore, but he was on the high functioning end of the autism spectrum. And there in that county where he was, uh, where the police were called on him, um, the school psychologist wrote a 30 page report on how he was not autistic. He was extremely bright, extremely manipulative and oppositional defiant. Mm. Even though three doctors said autism. And so you can't get services in the school, even with those medical doctors saying that without the quote, educational diagnosis from the school system. So as a parent, that's one thing. You have to know your rights within the school system. You have to know what it takes to get your child the services that they need. Um, And you have to always be present and let them know that you are watching and that you are there to support the educators who are there helping him, but that you are going to hold them accountable when they're not doing right by your child. Hmm. Wow. Uh, I tell you, uh, I'm sure your, your book, A Single Mom's Guide to Raising Black Gentle Men, is, uh, is a must-have. How do people get a copy of your book? My book is available anywhere you buy books. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's on Apple Books, um, Scribd, in library. It's, uh, it's available in libraries, in print, ebook. And audiobook. So it's on Audible as well. Um, I narrated the book and my children each wrote something at the end of the book and they narrated their part for the audiobook. Wow. So what else would you want our family to know about your book or about raising your 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 sons? Uh, about being a single mom. You know, I want you to give us it's Mother's Day coming up. So give us three things directly to the moms, three things to us. Okay. So as moms, we can still have a life. We can still date. We can still take care of our needs as women and yet still be respectful of our home. So one of the things I talk about in the book is you can date, you can date as much as you want, but you don't want your child to see revolving door of suitors, you know, whether they're men or women or, or whatever you date, um, keep that private until this person is someone that you know is going to be in your life long term. Um, there's a quote in the book that says, um, he's the man 
in the house, but he's not the man of the house. So we as moms have to kind of draw a line with our sons and let them know. Because a lot of times when we are single, they take on the role and they think that, you know, it's their job to be the man of the house. And so you can teach them things to do that a man does to take care of his house, but you can still keep that boundary so that you don't end up with like an Oedipus complex or, you know, um, you know, I, we did co-sleeping when they were young, but there was an age where I just had to say, nope, you're not, you're out of my bed. You're out of my room. These are, you know, you don't walk around the house naked, you or your sons, you know, even in their underwear, come on, go put on some clothes. You're not supposed to walk around like that. Um, so that there are boundaries. Um, and yeah, it is okay for us to have a life outside of our children. That's hard sometimes, um, especially when they're younger. But as moms, we cannot depend on dad to take his weekends, for example. Um, we just have to get creative. For me, it was, you know, I worked in the restaurant business at the time. So I had weekdays off sometimes. So maybe I would do things while they were at school, you know, um, go have a, a lunch date or something instead of um, having to find more daycare. Um, daycare is a challenge as a single mom. It's expensive and, um, you know, it's time away from our kids. So we have to get creative with the time that we have so that we can still be what we need to be to them, but also tend to our needs as women. No matter what is happening in the relationship with the child's father, we have to remain positive and keep whatever right. negativity may be going on away mm -hmm. from the kids. Absolutely. My kids always ask me, mom, why did you get divorced? That's between me and your dad. But why won't you tell me? Because that's between me and your dad. I had reasons, you know, but I didn't want to change their view of their dad. I wanted them to know, you know, when, when they were crying because he didn't show up, I would say to them, I don't know what's keeping your dad away from me right now, but I know that he loves you. So we just need to pray for him because whatever it is that's keeping him away, it must be pretty bad because I know he loves you. And so in doing that, I kept the door open for them to have a relationship with him when things got better for him instead of passing my anger or frustration on to them. And, and, you know, so many moms will talk bad about the dad or keep the kids from the dad. And um, when you do that, you set up a crisis for your child where your child has to choose between parents. And you never want that. You know, you want them to be able to talk to you, to be honest about, you know, I'm really mad because he didn't come or whatever. I know it's okay. We'll do this, you know. Um, and I will say that in my example, my kids do have a relationship with their dad now. They were in his wedding. They see him on holidays, things like that, where he wasn't available during the time when they were growing up. So what I'm saying really works. And, and another quote, that if you want to quote um, a soundbite, time is between him and them. Money is between 
him and me. So if I'm worried about child support, that's between me and my ex, okay? But that does not need to affect time spent with their dad. That's great. That's great practical practical tips, Sonia. And, you know, we always run out of time around here. And thank you so much. This has been uh, a great conversation leading into Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Thank you so much, Sonia. We have been just, uh, I've been glued, glued listening to you and uh, sharing your stories and all of your tips. Folks, listen, go get the book, A Single Mom's Guide to Raising Black Gentle Men. Go to Amazon, go to um, Barnes & Noble, go to wherever you get your books. Just go and get the book. Thank you so much, my sister. You be good, be blessed, be highly favored, and you have yourself a fantastic Mother's Day. You too. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, family, we got to jump. Got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to everyone and to the fathers who are raising their children by themselves. This is a this is not just always on the sister side. This is on the brother's side too. Um, happy Mother's Day, those of us who uh, can't be can't be both genders, but we play a role. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Sonia, my guest today, and thank you to all of the mothers who have just given their all. God bless you. We gotta go. See you next Thursday. We'll be right back here for mm, 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 mm. you know it. It's Thursday. It's your girl, Dr. P on the pod.